And you know, I'll be doing it at six in the morning on Monday. I'll be getting off of my private jet. Right. Uh-huh. While you're flying on your little first class. Oh, can I have this? You don't this get little PJ. Hostess. Stop lying. You're uh, lying, bro. Hey, guys, what he meant to say is he's, he, he's not hopping out of his private jet. He's hopping out of his PJs that he just got to sleep in for a total of two hours the night before. <laughs> you say you were born ready until you get cooked by the cranium shaker, bro. <laughs> cranium shaker. <laughs> All right, let's intro this. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, what is up, guys, and welcome back to Back of the Envelope. Oh, man, I still have to get used to saying that. It's um, been a minute. It's. Uh, I almost said, uh, he, yeah, no, after two weeks, you have to remember that yeah. we're both now and not, <laughs> not Teen Finance. I started the T, and then I was like, oh, I can't say that anymore. <laughs> um, We got a pretty sweet episode. Got a little debate for you guys. Yeah, it's, uh, it's career day, guys. So, it's career day. Very Teen um, Finance. Uh yeah, I, I know, right? I guess I don't know. It's like it's a little bit of uh, um if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably a little business nerd, you know. Um and today we're gonna be going over perhaps the two most popular jobs for business nerds. Um probably. at least like normal jobs that's not like, you know, starting a company or something like that. Today we are going to be doing a debate um of investment banking versus management consulting. So, uh, Maceo will be representing investment banking. I'll be representing management consulting. We're going to be going head to head, hashing it out. We figured we could just do a comparison, but it would be a lot more interesting if we like both debate each other, like trying to win. <laughs> um, so, uh, that's what we're going to do. And then after we go over all the differences and the pros and cons that you'll see in the debate, we're going to head into target schools, um, what to do now and uh, that kind of stuff. Yeah, actually, good stuff. Hold on. So we're, we're going to hop into the debate, but I think a big part of, of winning these um, debates, you know, is like dressing to impress. So I'll, I'll be back. Oh, no. I'm going to be violently underdressed for this. What do I have? You know, you got to if you want to win this type of thing, you got to you got to dress like it. So, um. Yeah, uh-huh. I don't know. I'm ready. Yeah. I don't, I don't yeah. know if you are, man. Just uh, angle this up a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> All right. Um, Maceo, do you want to take the first stab? Do you want me to do it? Um, how, how are we feeling? First stabs? Yeah, well, you, you, start, you, you can start us off. I'll start okay. us off. All right. So let me tell you a little bit about management consulting. So for those who don't know, what does a management consultant actually do? What, what, what is management consulting? So essentially, as a management consultant, you are a brain for hire, all right? So you'll work at one of these big firms, you know, we got the, the main three, McKinsey, Bain, and Boston. And let's say a company, all right, is having, um, having a problem, all right? So let's say we have this new window blind startup, all right? So they make AI machine learning powered window blinds. But for some reason, their their window blinds keep exploding, all right? So we just have a problem here. Dang. So they don't know what to do, all right? They're a new startup. They don't have experience managing this kind of, um, you know, issue. So what they're going to do is they're going to ring up McKinsey and uh, McKinsey's going to come in they're going to have their team of management consultants that are mostly new grad straight out of college. But as far as the window blind company knows, they're experts in this field. All right. So 
This team is going to come in, perhaps multiple teams, and they're going to handle everything from PR management, all right, to manufacturing practices. Okay, they're going to do everything they can to solve this problem. And then they're going to say, yo, window blind company, how much are you willing to pay for this? The window blind company is going to say, it's a big problem. I think we can pay you $250,000 if you can fix this. And McKinsey's going to say $1 million. And that's how, you, that's how they make money. All right. So um, yeah, that's what management consulting is. You basically are brain for hire. You solve business problems um, and you work with the executives at, at, you know, it can be big companies. It can be smaller companies. It can be governments. Um, so there's really a wide range of stuff. So um, I'll, let, I'll let you introduce investment banking, you know, little loser investment banking. I don't even, I think you uh, guys just dried uh-huh. in the sheets all day, uh, but you know. Whatever floats your boat. Yeah. We'll talk about the pay later. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so investment banking, right? Let, let's do a little situation here. Let's say you're a chimp typhoon. Okay. And chimp typhoon is wanting to acquire this massive business known as back of the envelope. Okay. When you're going to buy this company, right? You're, you can't just go in, just go say, hey, I'm going to give you some cash. It's just not how it works. There's so many more steps buying something that big you need to talk to someone who do you talk to an investment banker and the investment banker will guide you through do market research make sure you're getting the best deal and then eventually help you merge or acquire whatever company you're going for and i think that's usually done at a like a flat rate rather than a Mm -hmm. percentage and then they also help with you know raising capital for a company like if you're on the search for an investment or like for investors, you talk to an investment banker and they'll do market research to find you a company who'd want to invest in you. Right, right. You know, right. Um, yeah, if, if, if a chimp typhoon, I don't think that's a great example because we would never need help. You know, we have everything mm, locked true. down. Um, right. but yeah, if we need uh, some a little bit of help from Goldman, you know, maybe we'll, we'll, hit, we'll hit you guys up. <laughs> All right. So um, I think that the first thing we want to kind of compare is, is what is the work like? And I mean, in my personal opinion, it's not even close. Obviously, management consulting uh, wins this round. Uh, the work, in my opinion, for management consulting is extremely interesting. All right. So like I said, you are are solving problems and recommending what to do to these companies. All right. So what this really means is I'll, I'll break it down. This is uh, what the, the work is like. So you'd fly out on a Monday morning to the client site. All right. So wherever your client is based, you need to be at least this is pre-COVID, during COVID, it was a lot of remote work, but um, we're heading back to this point. So Monday morning, you fly out to the client site, and um, then you get most of that Monday to work, you know, flying business class, by the way. Um, and then you work Tuesday, you work Thursday, and then I uh, work t- Tuesday and Wednesday, and then you work half a day Thursday, and you fly back to your base um, Thursday evening you know, which could possibly be like, you know, where your company is based. So there are offices all around the country, you know, so New York, Boston, Chicago, San Francisco, LA, places like that. Um, And then on Friday, you have usually a a work from home day. And then on the weekends, you get Saturday, Sunday off, you never work weekends. Um, But what does work consist of? So what are you doing on Tuesday and Thursday? You're doing a lot of diligence on these companies, you're figuring out their problems. All right. So you're drawing in the sheets a little bit, you know, you're doing research on what companies have done in the past to fix similar problems. 
And then you're putting together the most banger PowerPoint or Google slideshow you've ever seen. I think most most uh, consultants use, use PowerPoint. So you're just going to make an absolute banger that makes it really simple for your client to understand. And then you go into a meeting at the end of the project and, and recommend something to your client. Normally, these projects it can be anywhere from like a couple of weeks to, to a year, even for some of the longer ones. But normally, we'll say around two months, two to three months is the average time spent on one of these projects. So this work is great. All right. You get such a you get exposed to so many different industries because you're working with so many different types of clients. All right. And really, at, at the end of the day, you're just building your business brain. You're learning to think critically, be a problem solver. These are skills that all of these big companies uh, really look for. And that's why, you know, management consultants that, that exit management consulting are in such high demand. It's just because the skills that you learn while you're doing this work, it's just so valuable. All right. So really management consulting, the work is great. If you are a problem sol solver, if you are a uh, qualitative and quantitative thinker, you can do either. But um, yeah, it, it's, it can really be interesting stuff. Solid. Hmm. So we're doing a little day to day on investment banking, right? Yeah. Oh. So have fun drowning in the sheets, buddy. Yeah. A lot yeah, of diligence. Yeah, sure. <laughs> All right. So, you know, you're taking your, your half day Friday, your no working weekends. I'm working through the weekend. <laughs> I'm doing my due diligence all weekend. So right on Monday when everyone's back to work, which I've already been at work, <laughs> they are ready to receive a phone call from me at six in the morning. And you know what I'll be doing at six in the morning on Monday? What are you doing? I don't know. I'll be getting off of my private jet. Right. Uh-huh. While you're flying on your little first class. Oh, can I have this? You don't this get little PJ. Hostess. Stop lying. You're uh, lying, bro. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Be careful. Hey, guys, what he meant to say is he's, he, he's not hopping out of his private jet. He's hopping out of his PJs that he just got to sleep in for a total of two hours the night before. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. And throughout the week, I am constantly calling different companies, depending on what I'm doing, though. If I'm trying to say I'm trying to raise capital in the situation, right? From all my market research I've done throughout the weekend, I am now going around to different businesses. I'm pitching. I'm calling. I'm using my contacts that I've built throughout my years in the industry, all to land a deal for whatever company I'm currently contracted by. Wow, so interesting. Yeah, yeah, interesting, right? And then when Friday comes, I don't stop working. <laughs> and when Saturday comes, I also do not stop working. Oh, take a guess about Sunday. Um, I'm still working. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's pretty clear here that, uh, you know, management consultants, we got it nice, you know, so... Uh, the, what is the typical amount of hours that you have during the work week? So investment banking, you're looking at, at 60 to 100. Does that sound correct? Is that a fair, fair, fair for you yeah. to say average yeah, 80 hours yeah, a week? Yeah, my number is 80. Yeah, my average. 80 hours 80. a week on average. Yeah. Management consultants, you really rarely get more than 60. All right. So, of course, there is a lot of time spent traveling, but that's time when you can sleep, which is something that you actually get to do when you're a management consultant that you don't get to do when you're an investment banker. Um, so if you mm. like your sleep, I mean, I think it's a no brainer. But yeah, really, I mean, just the, the type of work you get to do, you know, 
it's a lot more collaborative in management consulting. You know, you get to work with your team members to solve a problem instead of just drowning in the sheets at your desk as a as an investment banker. Um, but yeah, I think the hours are just more friendly for um, for management consulting. Is that, I don't even think that's debatable, Maceo, unless you're going to take an angle on the travel. But I think even with the travel, the management consulting hours are still lower. Sure. Fair assessment. All right. The, the hey. hours are low. You, you, you can have that. You can't you can debate that hours one. Are I think that's, that's, uh, that. yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty the obvious. hours are lower. Um, and you know, another one that I think isn't debatable. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna keep taking dubs here. If you're not going to stop me, um, mm, the perks mm-hmm. for management consulting. All right. So while you're out at the job site, all right, for management consulting and you know, while you're working in the office, things like that, you're just going to be getting amazing perks. All right. So first things first, when you're traveling, all right, you're traveling on the company dime, but you can still collect miles on your on your credit cards and stuff. What does this mean? You're going to be flying all the time. You're going to be racking up miles on those credit cards. That means that you're going to be going on vacation for free, okay? You just have hundreds on your Amex Platinum, you know? You just have hundreds of thousands of miles, all right? And you can just go on vacation wherever you want for free during your multiple weeks of paid time off, okay? So... This is something that, you know, investment making your kind is going on stop, but in, in management consulting, there's often times in between client jobs where there isn't a ton of work to do. Perfect time to take a vacation, go relax, go travel, even though you've been traveling a lot for work. Um, but really, you'll get a lot of miles on, on your credit card. Another thing, you're also dining on the company dime. All right. So at least at McKinsey, while you're out at a client site, your dinners are comped, no questions asked up to $50. All right, this means theoretically if you're at McKinsey, you could be dining at like Nobu, or I don't know. How much is Nobu per person? Probably no, more than like $50. Like, um, yeah. you could be you could be going out to sushi, whatever you like to eat. You could I like me personally, if I'm a management consultant at McKinsey, I'm getting a mercury poisoning. All right, I'm going to be eating so much tuna, raw fish, sushi, all the things that I love every single day while I'm out at the client site. All right? When we get back to the office, you know, we oftentimes have nice things like gyms, you know, all the things that tech companies have, but we we also have those at the at MBB, at the big four. So really, we're talking great benefits, great travel benefits, and then in between um in between big uh, client jobs, your work will like shift to doing more stuff low key. And oftentimes you're planning big company events. All right. So these big um, retreats for your coworkers, you know, I'm talking going and skiing up in like Sun Valley, things like that. All right. We're going to Missoula to hang out with, hang out with the gang. So really just, it's, it's an, it's, we got amazing benefits from these top consulting firms. And even a lot of the boutique consulting firms have great benefits like this too. Um, it's really just something that I don't think, uh, investment banking gets uh, close to, but Hey, prove me wrong, buddy. Ah, prove you wrong. Well, your first two points were actually my first two points as well about traveling on the company's dime. But investment banking, when you're moving around so much, you're traveling more than a managing consultant. You're not traveling. That's you a lie. You are traveling. No, more. as an that, investment that banker, true. I'm gonna call you. I'm gonna call you on your bluff here. I'm not bluffing. You simply you do not travel more than I think you're. You might be a little confused, buddy. You might have accidentally searched up management consulting, but uh-huh. you're traveling every week for management consulting. This is actually like investment banking. You're in the office. The majority of the time, which some people might like more. If you don't like traveling, you know, that makes sense if you want to be based down. But um, the majority of your travel 
is uh is gonna be you know for it's gonna be found in management consulting it's gonna be more sporadic for investment banking so really you will rack up more miles as a as a management consultant mm, that's debatable depends on how many clients you're visiting right yeah but yeah, more, most of the time it's just like one client buddy a bunch of clients right more remote you know you don't need to travel out to the client site you're just like doing your you're just drying the sheets in the office you know maybe you have a nice standing right. desk though Oh, is that, is that yeah. a benefit that you get? They pay for your standing desk in your in your chair that you're going to sit in for 80 hours a week. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Also, the growth potential in investment banking is much larger. It's so much easier to climb the corporate ladder through investment banking. Fair. That's that. You can't dispute that. Yeah, that's 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 it's true. Easier to climb. The benefits are much larger as you go. Your your pay increases so much. Okay, hey, we'll get to, we'll get to the pay. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I, I've just touched on. I'm not I'm not mentioning more okay, than okay. that. It increases much more as you climb up that ladder, and like it's a lot easier to do as a younger person too. Like you can be climbing this Fair. ladder in your you know your 20s, like straight out of college. You can be climbing up like pretty consistently. Like mid 30s, you can be like top level managers of massive corporations. Okay. Yeah. Um I think I think that's fair. I think there are a couple caveats though. Um one very few people actually make it to the top for at these big um investment banking firms and, and these big banks and stuff. Most of them exit by then or you're pressured to exit if you don't have what it takes. So we're really talking like the 1% of the 1% here. Um but you know, I I think there is there is a a higher ceiling investment making i think this is a, a, a perfect time to segue into pay are you ready for that sure all right so investment making i'll let you go first maso hit me, hit me with pay why, why is pay. investment making so good you've been okay. taking a lot well, of l's here you know you might want to oh, try to yeah, take a yeah, w sure, or something sure. so we could talk on just entry level salary right so you're coming mm-hmm. straight out of college you're coming in you're making right around 80 to 120k and that's yeah. before benefits, bonuses. The bonuses are a huge part of investment banking. Every deal that you close, you can receive massive bonuses from your company. Like there's, there were, I was reading this article from Goldman Sachs of an ex-employee. Like he was the, well, I think he was the, one of the vice presidents of the firm. And he was saying that on his closing deals on his last year of investment banking, you've cleared $12 million off of one deal. Yeah. Which I mean, that's, you know, that's the top, top of a... yeah. That's but you gotta also, be giga. You gotta be giga. But also twelve million dollars off of one deal. Like imagine how much part of that goes from smaller deals. And you can be making bonuses, you know, like I was seeing like averaging twenty to forty thousand or so mm-hmm. in your twenties, you know, like even at an entry level position just for closing. And, you know, so that takes your base salary of, you know, eighty to hundred and twenty K to, you know, probably two hundred thousand a year in your twenties. Yeah. Yeah. I will. This is what I'm going to see you do. The pay and investment making is higher. All right. So management consulting straight out of college, we're looking at um around you know one twenty thousand total comp. Posit- like it's it's usually around one twenty total comp at the big you know McKinsey, Bain, and Boston Consulting. Um, and then also the pays is similar at um the big four accounting firms that have their management consulting arms. So um that's like you know, Deloitte, Ernst & Young, uh, PwC, and uh, KPMG. And then post-MBA, this is actually a great another great benefit of uh, of management consulting uh, 
they will often pay for your your business school. So if you want to go to business school, go to a top business school. Usually you can do this on the company dime. That's saving hundreds of thousands of dollars. And then when you get back, your post MBA grad pay is usually around 190 total comp. And then from there, it's just up, you know, we're getting to the 225 range. And then if you stay and become a partner, you're making like um, $500,000, if not more. Um, and big bonuses again, too. Um, but yeah, the pay in investment banking is slightly higher, at least for new grads. At, at top firms like Goldman, I think you're probably even making more than what you said. Um, yeah, you But um, here's the thing. We have to go back to the hours. You make more because you're working more, homie. 80 hours a week, that's two jobs. Okay, I'm just putting it out there. That is, that is, you're working two jobs. So you really have to look at it through that lens. I mean, at what point are you just trading your, your time for money? You know, are you going to be sad and depressed? You know, you're just drowning in the sheets all day, but at least I'm making 200K, you know? So really, and, and, and in management consulting, you got that better work-life balance. Sure, you make a little bit less, but it's because you're working a lot less. If you probably, if you go to uh, how much you're making per hour, I think it'd be very close and maybe even higher in management consulting. So, you know, more time equals more money. So I, I think I think that's where you're getting these these higher numbers from. But the argument of time is only really true at the, the earlier stages of your job. Because, you know, you're starting out, you're probably, what, like an analyst, right? You're not really going in to see clients your first couple of years. And you're working a lot of hours and you're probably working 80 hour, nine, even 90 hour weeks because you're just sitting there in the books all day, right? Bro's drowning that, in due diligence. <laughs> that's, that's when you're in the highest hours, right? But then like the next level up would be like an associate, right? You got your MBA, you're doing good. You know, you're, you're visiting clients more. You're more like more hands-on, right? Yeah. Rather than just behind your computer screen all day. And you're definitely not at that point. You're probably in like the 80 hour range, right? 70 80 hours you're definitely getting lower once you're you know yeah. more hands-on less diving through your books and then you're climbing a little farther up right and then you're like you know let's say this happens for you right this is the best case this situation yeah you become like a vice president okay a vice president you're not really in the books and you're not really hands-on either anymore you're more in like a management position mm -hmm. so you're more just like kind of overseeing the day-to-day -day operations and then assisting on probably like more higher profile clients that's more of like a 60 hour a week job. Mm -hmm. And the pay that comes with that is, you know, like three to $500,000 a year. Yeah. And so it's more just like if you're willing to sacrifice your time as you're younger to get higher pay as you're older, you're going to have lower hours when you're older and substantially higher pay. Yeah. So I think that's valid. Um, I think you just you have you do have to remember it. I, you acknowledge this, but you have to remember that like only the top of the top are making it through all the all of the hard, you know, years of, of working 80 hours a week consistently. So, um, but if it's possible, yeah, you can cruise once you get to the top, but you really got to be, uh, you got to be, you, you only get there if you're like literally drowning yourself in the sheets for like five years. So, um, I still think, yeah, the pay, the pain in investment banking is great if you can make it to the top and even lower. Um, but you know, the chance that you make it there without getting completely burnt out, in investment banking, I don't know. I think it's pretty low. Um, speaking of getting burnt out and wanting to leave, I think uh, this is a great time to compare exit opportunities for these two. Yeah. Run it. All right. So for for management consulting, all right, 
there are a ton of lucrative um, exit opportunities that you can do. Um, so first of all, we're talking um, a common one is that people just exit into corporate America. All right. So after all this time that you've spent working with C-suite executives at these big Fortune 500 companies, you're going to get to know a lot of them, which is great for networking. All right. So this is like you could call this a benefit of the job. You're networking with with these executives all the time. You're like helping them solve their problems and stuff. And if they're really impressed by you, um, you could see yourself getting hired into an executive position at one of these big companies relatively young. And then you can just climb the corporate ladder, work 40 hours a week as a C-suite executive and just cruise the rest of your life. Um, So if you want really good work-life balance, that's probably something you can consider. Another um, exit opportunity that a lot of people choose is exiting into a startup, all right? So this could be, you know, a seed stage startup really early, or we could be going, you know, series A or, and stuff like that. So um, late or early stage startup, um, you have the skills that they want. As someone who just problem solves all day, if you're looking for someone to be, you know, a, C- a chief operating officer or just be a business analyst at one of these early stage startups, being from one of these big, management consulting firms is easily going to help you uh, get your foot in the door, you know, at these at these big rocket ship opportunities. All right. And then other exits you can take, you can go work for nonprofits, you know, really any business like that, you can just get high up with their experience from management consulting. We're looking like uh, two years, people say this a lot, a year in management consulting is worth like five years at another job just because of the sheer amount of stuff that you get exposed to in building your business brain. Um, other um, exit opportunities. So this is the main exit opportunity for investment banking, but it's still possible in management consulting, the buy side. So private equity and venture capital, obviously a little bit more suitable for investment banking, but totally still um, applicable to management consultants. You can totally exit into this field and it can be uh, very lucrative for you. <clears throat> right. Um, yeah, I'll start with you just said, yeah, definitely investment banking or sorry, Investment bank would go to venture capital and like private equity firms. That's definitely a big one because it's just like so applicable to what you probably just spent the past twenty years of your life doing. Yeah. Um, one that I thought was interesting, I was reading into, was actually real estate. Was hmm. a pretty big one. Okay. For investment yeah, bankers. yeah, totally. It's like a pretty big transfer over. You have, you know, like you have the sales skills, you have like, you know, some good person skills. You have probably really high profile contacts as well. Um. And you probably want to relax a little bit after working for probably a long time, crazy hours. <laughs> after <laughs> yeah. grinding the sheets, you want to like, yeah, like go sell sheets. Chill out. Yeah, just go like sell some houses, you know, just kind of chill out your open houses. Um, and you know, your clients would definitely help with that. Uh, and then like also, yeah, just going into startups as well. Like mm-hmm. startups need help with raising capital. If you can just come on as an employer just you know like a partial owner of a startup you're definitely at a like a benefit there you have contacts and probably every industry at that point Mm -hmm. you know that's definitely like a suitable exit yeah i think um so to sum up investment banker exits are probably a little more more leaning buy side so private equity and uh venture capital while consulting exits are probably leaning a little bit more like you know business executive side so like you know fortune 500 executives startup leadership stuff like that um 
Yeah, I mean, I think it really just depends on the person for these types of jobs. You know, I think both can be extremely lucrative. Um, both can be fulfilling. I th- me personally, I think investment banking, uh, I mean, management consulting. Oh, there no, it is. No, you're no, you're, you're no, mending the feet. No, no management consulting war. Um, no, no. Yeah, it really just depends on the person. So, um, Maceo, I think this was a good debate. I think, tell me if you think this is accurate. I think management consulting is more for the qualitative thinker leaning that way. And then investment banking is more for the quantitative thinker. Of course, there's totally a ton of overlap in that. But in general, do you think that's a a good assessment? Speaking very generally. Yeah, very generally. But like... Very generally. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you're but, just drowning in the numbers a little bit more in investment banking and you're drowning in the operations a little bit more in, in management consulting. Yeah, no, it, it's just a different kind of person. Right? Yeah, yeah. So there it was. That's it. I, we hope that helped you guys. Now we're going to head into... <laughs> um, I, it, that, I, I feel like we, we covered most things. Any other final points you want to hash off on me? Um, no, because I feel like they're, they're too out of place now. Yeah, I mean... I, I, feel, I feel like we let it settle. We'll just let it settle. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, uh, I think me personally, looking at my own careers, probably head more into the the management consulting side. I don't know about you, Maceo. Uh, if you're, if you're, uh, I don't know. Go either way. Um, yeah. Um, let's talk about target schools. Okay. So you, you've heard about these great jobs. How do you actually secure them? So top firms, I'll, I'll start with, uh, for with uh, management consulting to get into a top firm uh in management consulting it's pretty tough all right so mckinsey um bain and uh boston consulting group they're all very low acceptance rates all right getting into these these top jobs but you can improve your chances of getting in by going to top school um of course there are boutique firms that are easier to get into and then there are also the um management consulting arms of the big four accounting firms so like i said deloitte ernst and young kpmg pwc um yeah to get into all these being at a a, a top school is going to help so the guys over peak frameworks um they actually did some great research finding out the best target schools for both management consulting investment banking so i'll go over management consulting real quick so um maceo i want you to guess i don't know if you know but I want you to guess the, the two top top schools. All right, for they, they gap the other ones. All right, the two top schools that will get that are best that get the most recruits at into um, MBB. Um, like out of undergrad, Colum- by the way, out of undergrad, not out of like, business school. Yeah, probably like Columbia and. I don't know what the other one could be. I feel like I feel like Columbia kind of makes sense though. It does make sense because in New York. Yeah. Think, think like prestige and cities. Prestige and cities. Yeah. Like NYU or something. Like. No. Okay, you're close. Those are two good guesses, and Columbia is definitely on the list. I actually don't think NYU is. But um, it's Harvard and UPenn. Okay, I was thinking Harvard too. So Harvard because one, a lot of them have offices in Boston. You know, the big three are McKinsey and Company, Bain and Company, and Boston Consulting Group. So Boston Consulting Group is obviously gonna have, have an office there. But um 
Harvard and and UPenn. Um, UPenn because it has Wharton, which is generally considered. Obviously, rankings change every year, but for a long time, has been considered the number one business school, and then Harvard Business School also huge. Um, but each of those, um, from this research with peak frameworks in the past, however many years, had like Harvard had like two twenty five total recruits to MBB and UPenn one ninety one, and then after that, down one tier, we're looking at University of Michigan, which is it Ross School of Business? Yes, Ross School of Business at UMich. And then um, Yale, Stanford, Duke, Princeton, MIT, Sloan, um, and then Berkeley Haas School of Business. So that's one tier down. And then one more after that, we have Northwestern, Columbia, which is what what you guessed. Um, Columbia, good at getting into those New York offices just because of proximity. It's going to be easy for you. Um, University of Texas at Austin, University of Virginia, Dartmouth, University of Notre Dame, Vandy, U Chicago, Brown, and then Georgetown. A lot is like Georgetown again to get into the DC offices. Obviously, going to be a place to recruit from. And then other ones that are on the list but aren't in that top tier for target schools: Georgia Tech, Western, McGill, Washington, St. Louis, Queens, Brigham Young, Rice, USC, Cornell, uh, UNC Chapel Hill, and University of Illinois Urbana-Champaign. So. Those are target schools for um, for the big consulting firms. Obviously, it's impossible to get in not going to a target school, but it makes it a lot easier when the those companies are recruiting at like job fairs and stuff at your school. It makes it yeah. significantly easier to get into uh, get into these positions. Yeah. Um. Okay. I'll just start with like the top top three, and then then I'll talk more. What do you Can think I the guess? first? Yeah, I think it's top top three. I know one. I know one is NYU. Yes. No. 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 No way. I it's thought. I list. thought it's NYU. Oh no. I thought no, it's, it's on there. It's, it's on there. Okay. Top, it's not. I, top three. I really thought um, NYU Stern would be high because they have like huge. I know they have a huge finance program in there in New York, like proximity. Um, okay. I'm gonna guess Harvard and UPenn then the same ones as management consulting. Is that two of them? Yeah. That's one and three. One and three. I'm missing number two? Yeah. Yale. No. No way it's Columbia. No. It's not NYU. (laughs) No. (laughs) Dude, you're like like hitting every single one around it. (laughs) Harvard is one... UPenn is no, three. Harvard's three. No, UPenn's one. UPenn's one. Harvard is three. Yeah. It, it's a weird one. Is it Duke? No. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. It's a weird one? Kinda. Umich. What is that? University of Michigan. No, 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 no. No? Is that on the it's list? It's on the list, though. It's on the list. Dude, <laughs> everything you've said has been on the list. <laughs> It wouldn't be Stanford. That's too far. It's not Stanford. I'm actually going crazy, dude. Um, uh, Princeton? No. I'm going to lose my mind, dude. I feel like I've guessed everything. <laughs> um, Do you want me to just give no, it No, don't. Um, MIT? 
No. Dude, I'm actually... I'm, don't tell me, but I need to get this. <laughs> I feel like I've guessed most of the Ivies. Like, it's a private. I'll give you that. So it's not... Okay, Berkeley's rule out then. Um, okay. It's not Stanford. It's not Harvard and Penn. It's not Columbia. And it's not NYU. It's not Princeton. It's not going to be Brown. There's no way. It wouldn't be Georgetown, would it? It's Georgetown? Yeah. Georgetown is two? Yeah. Oh my gosh. That is 166 crazy. total hires. Wow. I did not expect that. That is that is wild. Wow. Okay. Huh. Interesting. I guess I would have thought like, I, I guess I should have been guessing like Northwestern and uh, U Chicago. I kind of forgot about this too, but yeah. Wow. I was not expecting Georgetown. Yeah. Here, I'll run down the list really quick, okay? Sounds good. So we got one, University of Pennsylvania. Two, Georgetown Uni. Three, Harvard. Four, Columbia. Five, NYU. Six, Cornell. Seven, University of Notre Dame. Okay. Eight is University of Michigan. Nine is Yale. Ten is the University of Texas at Austin. Eleven is Princeton. Twelve is University of Chicago. Thirteen is Uni- oh, UC Berkeley. 14 is Duke, and 15 is University of Virginia. Hmm, okay. Yeah, wow. That is... um. But off of total hires, though, NYU does rank second. Okay, because I think it's because total hires... Um, NYU is just big school, right? It's just huge, yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, wow. Okay, so by, that was by percentage, right? Or like that was like was that weighted in some way? Yeah, I don't know how this is wait wait. It's weighted by. Oh, yeah, that was like total hires. Yeah, it, it is weighted by total hires. Okay, and, and under an undergrad percentage yeah. of total. Okay, yeah. NYU is high though for for um non weighted right, just sheer numbers because they just have like so many students graduating. Yeah, from well, Stern. they have so many students. Yeah, yeah. I think. Is this but I did not expect Georgetown right. to be so high on the weighted uh, scale because <laughs> I know like they're not a huge school, but I didn't think it'd be that high. Okay, wow. So um, yeah, those the are your target schools. Um, so if you're a high schooler listening to this, um, okay, first we'll do if you're a college student listening to this, what should you be doing? If you're in one of these schools, just keep your GPA high and start looking out for these recruiters. Um, if you're in a non-target school, keep your GPA high and um, and start looking for other ways that you can get in. And if any of these, you know, IB or management consulting um, firms come to recruit to your school, you need to be there. Um, that's what you do if you're a college student. But yeah, just get ready for the recruitment process. If you're a high schooler, though, what should you be focusing on? In my opinion, the number one thing you should be focusing on um, is getting into a good target school because <laughs> it'll just help yeah. you out so much. Um, and then after that, just building your, your business knowledge, getting some experience, you know, um, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, really, getting into one of these target schools will go a long way. Um, it's not the end of the world if you don't get into one. You, it's definitely still possible to break in. But your, your job becomes a lot easier if you go to one of these places and get a, just maintain a high GPA. Um, what should you study? I think it's relatively similar for both. Um, but any business thing, so econ, finance, um, business admin, 
um, or any like cool other business programs that your school has. Yeah. Even apart from that, engineering, just for the sheer problem solving and number skills, That's engineering, true. any yeah. form of engineering is always going to be good. Computer science too. Um, poli sci, more for management consulting. If you want to go into that branch of management consulting, working with governments and stuff, um, poli sci could be good. And then um, accounting too. I guess that kind of goes with finance, but accounting for investment banking, definitely. Yeah. Are those the main ones, right? Yeah, yeah, you got them all. So that's it. That is the the career day episode. Um, I think if you like this type of video or this type of sub pod, um, let us know. I think in the future, uh, a venture capital versus private equity maybe on the horizon. Naturally, go after this one just to the exit opportunities. We could do that, and then we could also do like a Fortune five hundred versus startup type th- type thing. Um, so yeah. I mean, um, both great jobs if you're a business nerd. If you're wondering what kind of job do you get as a business nerd, I think these two are definitely some of the main ones. Um, and yeah, grind to get in though. They, they're highly competitive, so you got to be a dog. But um, you guys got this. I hope we got this, Maceo. <laughs> we got this. We should um, we should just carry out this debate the rest of our lives. I'll go to investment banking. You go in management. Yeah, and then we like we'll, report we'll, back. We we'll reconvene in like twenty years <laughs> <laughs> after. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe I don't know. Who knows? If we can get a investment banker, management consultant, stuff like that, then uh, we could redo this episode with uh, sure, people who have uh, who have done a, have a little bit more experience in it. Um, all right. That's it. Mark your calendars for next week. We'll be back probably with, uh, I don't know, we have an idea for an episode. We might do the, I'm going to say it's a little bit of our artificial intelligence maybe on the horizon. So um, yeah, Ooh. if you guys are looking forward to that, mark your calendars. Um, anything else we'll say? Yeah. Um, investment bacon's better. Uh, that's, so. that's not. No, we, no, no, no. We're still, Maceo's still working Bye. on the honesty. We'll see you guys next Bye. time. Later. Later.